This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast. Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about the infamous Anarchist Cookbook. Um, this book's been around a long time. Kevin will tell you when. I think 70s. Is that right, Kevin? 1971. 1971. So it's as old as my pickup truck. It's been around. So this book has been the controversy and the debate of people for years it kind of keeps having moment moments of resurgency and well give us a little history kevin tell us how it went down all right well yeah it was written in 1971 by william powell uh it basically uh he wrote it because um he wanted to uh he wanted to give people the tools to to defy the government, I guess, basically. He was uh he was writing it in protest of yeah, he was writing it in protest of um the draft during the Vietnam War. He was writing it in protest against uh America's slide towards communism. He was writing it uh for people to fight against fascism. He was writing it to uh um uh, basically he wanted to bring bring the uh government back down to American government back to like, you know, 1970 or 1776 values where people made their own decisions and decided what they were going to do and how they were going to do it. And the government didn't interfere. So, I mean, there's been a lot of Jefferson probably is the first anarchist, you know what I mean? Right. Exactly. It's, it's in our DNA as Americans to kind of be a little rebellious and kind of, you know, have the ability to stand up to our government. I know that the schools are doing their best to beat this out of kids. Um, 
but obviously we have all these crazy radical groups that I don't know. They don't seem to have self-reliance as their values. It's just kind of anarchy and destruction. I think in the past we used to be the individual, you know, that's where America's DNA comes from. But being self-reliant also means being able to repel borders and stand against, you know, any kind of tyranny that comes along. And well, I hate to say it, all these skills kind of go hand in hand, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And a lot of these things are kind of, uh, you know, kind of, kind of iffy on their, um, on their usefulness and, and iffy on their safeness. I wouldn't say that you could take the anarchist cookbook and safely make uh, explosives or drugs or anything like that without blowing a couple of fingers off first, figuring out, you know. Right. Well, I kind of feel like all explosives fall into that category. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't feel like I can master fireworks that I buy at the local stand without, you know, a little bit of risk there, you know? Exactly. Now, some um, of the things that he, uh, he talks about here, uh, let's just go through some of it, some of the, the chapters. Uh, so chapter sure. one is on, on making drugs. Um, mm. The original cookbook had uh, recipes for LSD, which su- I suppose you could make and try yourself, but I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> sounds like a bad trip waiting to happen. Yeah, that does sound right. LSD sounds like it's pretty questionable right out of the gate. And then when it's homemade LSD, I don't know. I'd imagine if it was printed in there that a lot of the LSD in the 70s probably came from the anarchist cookbook recipe. I would not be surprised. Right. And the truth is nobody ever gets LSD from a pharmacy. You get it from a sweaty dude that's not wearing a shirt. Oh. You know, he's got like a fish hat on and a a mullet, and that guy probably has LSD, and he probably made it himself. (laughs) Uh, Another one of the uh, drugs in there is um, uh, smoking banana peels. Mm. Now, it gives you a recipe. It says first you have to buy 10 pounds of bananas, then eat all the bananas. I don't Mm. know why you have to eat them specifically. Then you take the bananas out and you dry them out. You cook them in the oven until they're black and charred and you scrape it up and you smoke it. Mm. Now, really what you're smoking is is charred shit. It's not going to get you high. It's not going to do anything. The reason it's in there is this was a this was a prank started by Timothy Leary, who was trying to fuck with the FBI about about the hallucinogenic properties of of banana peels and see if he could get them to, you know, invest resources in researching it, which they did and determined that there's no hallucinogenics in banana peels in any way. So it was an and homage if you will. Yeah, it was just a, it was just a joke. That's really uh well, really I, all I, it came down to. Yeah, I, I mean in the anarchist cookbook, it's an homage to Timothy Leary. Right. Right. The second chapter is about uh sabotage and demolition. This is the probably the most dangerous part of this this book. The recipes for explosives are mostly accurate. Um it talks about how to properly use firearms and, you know, different types of uh, handguns. It talks about um, making napalm, 
though it did leave one of the key ingredients out of the napalm in there. It says to use styrofoam and gasoline. I do recall reading those. Yeah, if you mix those two things together, you'll come up with something similar to napalm that'll burn for a couple of minutes. But it's not the napalm, you know, that they used in Vietnam or anything. No, it's not sticking to people and burning off their skin. Well, it will, but only for a couple of minutes, not for oh. like the, the 10, I mean, that really doesn't have really the effect that you're looking for. I mean, if you burn somebody's skin for three minutes, is that really giving you the value you're looking for? No, no. Uh, you're supposed to add benzene to it, but yeah, you can't really get benzene at, at your, you know, local pharmacy or anything. No, it's awkward when you're uh, out there buying it. Yeah, you have to buy bulk chemicals. It's getting hard right now because China's not shipping a lot of their chemicals over here. And it's kind of questionable why you might be buying that. Um, the FBI is like, hey, let me pay you a visit. Yeah, yeah. And if you get into the explosives part of the uh, the anarchist cookbook, you can come down to some some pretty basic recipes. But, you know, without a background in chemistry, it gets a little vague when you get down to like specifics about amounts and how to mix it and how to, you know, it's, it's a little bit, little bit vague. So you, you know, there's a learning curve there. You got to give a thumb or two, you know, to the cause. Yeah. Now in 1976, a Croatian nationalist bombed Grand Central Station. Okay. Uh, they set off six, six bombs. Uh, one was in Grand Central Station at, in locker 5713. And sure. it flew up and, Killed the kill the cop, and the other bombs. Uh, I don't believe they set them off. I don't know what I, they actually got away out to Croatia. I believe in the end. Is that like the more modern day guy who uh, had the pipe bomb in the subway too, and then just kind of fell on the ground and embarrassed himself? Yeah, yeah he had it. I forget what his name was, but he had the anarchist cookbook at home. Is that what it was? And yep. instead, his bag was full of banana peels and things went wrong. <laughs> yep. Now, uh, the third main chapter there is hand-to-hand combat. Now, none of the stuff in there is like, uh, you know, judo or karate or any of that shit. It's really about like stomping on people's faces with steel toe boots and... Punching them in uh, the throat. Right, gouging eyes out and things mm-hmm. like that. You know, it's basically implying that if you're in a hand-to-hand fight, there's no, you know... Yeah, be brutal. There's nothing fair about fighting. Right. Just be as violent as you can be. Yeah. Which is not really the best way to uh, learn about hand-to-hand combat, but I guess it's better than, you know, slap boxing. Yeah, then, then yeah, whining and screaming and slapping your hands, probably not, you know, right. at least gouging their eyes out with your thumb. Hey, you got something going for you. Right, right. Now, along with that was improvised weapons. Um, And it's really just talking about, you know, knives, baseball bats, you know, things that things that you would have around the house that you might be able to use. Um, Nunchucks and, you know, things like that. Three hole punch, the broken beer bottle you left sitting on the counter. Right, right. All good ideas. All good ideas. I'm not not hating. Um. Now, it was remade a million times, the Anarchist Cookbook. Do you really? remember the first time you you read the Anarchist Cookbook or where you saw it? So it was a long time ago. I think we're, we're in the 90s. It was around 95. And there was a website called JollyRoger.com, which I think you said you did some research and is maybe not the same thing anymore. 
Um, I I can't find anything about the Jolly Roger. All right. So even was, even that he existed. It might have even been the jollyroger.com. I'm not even sure. And I guess I could have typed it in before the episode, but I didn't know this that we were going to take this turn. But uh so one of my buddies in the Navy was a little bit of a he liked to think of himself as a hacker and a conspiracy kind of guy. He, you know, would was the kind of guy who tells you, "Oh, I used to run an IT company and I made my money. So now I joined the military because why not? Whereas that doesn't really sound like something anybody would do in reality. So he was that guy. I think you guys know that guy. You probably went to school with him. And uh, so anyway, he was like, yeah, I got this really cool thing. You got to check it out. And you know, and, and we downloaded it and, you know, I think I had it on my three and a half inch uh, disc and, and I was pretty cool. So yeah, no, we all got excited. I think uh, the level of pranks started upping in boot camp after we got this. I know the big thing was to fill a, uh, a brown paper bag, you know, a grocery store bag. We'd fill it with shaving cream and we'd go over to the guy's dorm door and we just put the edge underneath and then drop a book. It, it turned out one of the tech manuals for our, our uh, radios, it was like four inches thick. And we'd just drop this thing on the paper bag and it would just explode shaving cream all over the room. And so my buddy was like, hey, let's check out the Anarchist Cookbook. Maybe we can step things up to a new level. Excellent. So, you know, Excellent. Good thinking. It's we're we're thinkers, and and we did apply some of the uh, techniques. They were modified a little bit, but we we did apply some knowledge. So you know there are things to be learned, but you know there's things to be learned everywhere. Yeah, I remember the first time I uh, I got my hands on it. My neighbor was a little uh, little uh, hacking nerd when when mm. AOL dial up was a a thing. Sure. And, uh, of course, he found it immediately and, and printed it out. You know, we all had yep. copies of it. That was and, it. Uh, yeah, he actually got – he actually uh, had his account canceled. He's really? got in trouble with his parents for uh, uh, wrecking somebody's computer by sending them a virus. Ah. So he was uh, one of the early early people kicked off of AOL.com for being stupid. But what are you going to do? Exactly. So, so one of the things that Jolly Roger added was the uh, the phone freaking or the phone hacking uh, stuff. Now, a lot of that stuff, if you read it now, it is really outdated. It's not so, going to be useful to anybody, right? This was like FBI surveillance and how to know if you're being tapped and like that kind of thing. Is that right? That's what I remember. Right. Right. And none of it is accurate. It was accurate probably five years before he wrote. I that. think. I think I remember there was a section I remember reading if the guys surveilling you have beards, that usually means they're undercover police officers because they only have a short time to change their image and look like somebody else. Whereas if they have long hair, they're committed and in for the long haul like FBI agents, something along that line. There, There were a lot of secret tips that, you know, so yeah. maybe the beard, you know, who knows? Yeah. Now, what's interesting about about uh, William Powell is he wrote the original Anarchist Cookbook from books that were uh, free to use in the New York New York City Public Library. He just went and sat there for for a year 
copying things down. And that's where the bulk of this came from. But the phone freaking stuff, the phone hacking, that was like over the over the course of like 20 years, that was all developed by different different hackers. So there's the Jolly Roger. Roger. There was the Temple of the Screaming Electron, which is oh, a sure. classic, classic. There's Captain Crunch. He was one of the famous uh, hackers, not the yes. serial guy. Oh. And then there was Joe the Whistler. He was interesting because he was uh he was born blind, but he had like a perfect sen- sense of pitch. And he could whistle into the phone to mimic the uh, the sounds that the phone would make as it was transferring calls. When you and drop so it could in make a three phone calls. Right. right. When you drop in a quarter, it would send in a tone. Or there would be a different tone for a quarter, a nickel, a dime, whatever it is you put in the machine, it would send that out. Now, I thought there was something about a Captain Crunch whistle that you got in the cereal box that would match that tone. Is that not I accurate? Think that was, I think that that was more of a uh, urban legend. I don't know if that, that was actually. Now, true. if I remember right, again, I'm trying to remember back to the 90s. We're talking about like 98, 97. There was a whole thing in there about you would pull apart the wires that go to the phone handle on your telephone. And if you pulled apart the wires, it told you which color wires sent which signal and you could like bypass them or tap, put two together or something. And then they had you tape the wires back up so you could go back to it at any time and do it Mm. and have the free phone. And I think what it was, was they would do it and you would basically leave it set free for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And it gave some explanation of why that worked. I don't know. You could probably Google it and find it somewhere because it's not really relevant because I'm sure the phones have changed things by now. But, you know, in 30 years, I imagine something had to have changed. Yeah. Now, William P- Powell became a, an Anglican in 1974, 1975, and uh, renounced the book and decided he didn't want it uh, sold anymore. But he didn't actually own the copyright, it turns out. When he had bought, sold the book to the publisher, the publisher had fucked him over and put right. his copyright on the book. Lyle Stewart was the name of that guy. And he kept printing it and thought it was, uh, you know, it was a great moneymaker for him, you know? Nice. And part of the idea of the sale of the book was that you could sell it and then it would be in public libraries and then people could check out the book or actually sit in the library and copy things down and the government wouldn't be able to track who was buying and, and selling the book. So the idea no. was that you could get the information out there and couldn't be tracked about with the government. Now, the in the 90s, when the internet came around, it just exploded and took off everywhere. Right. I was just I do- reading the article about somebody that said you can't find it anymore well he's full of shit dude i accidentally downloaded it on my phone while i was doing research for this so yeah that sounds right i uh it's it's out there i seem to remember about uh, i don't know the date i would say six seven years ago it was definitely available at barnes and noble in the store Mm -hmm. you could just walk over and get it off the shelf so and you go in, you pay cash, you're cool. I know none of you guys even know what cash is anymore. But uh, if you had cash, it's this green paper money we used to use. And you can give them to them at Barnes & Noble. And they don't take your information when you do it. 
Well, yeah, it's really weird. Of course, when you hand them your Barnes and Noble discount card, it right. kind of defeats the purpose. But you know, maybe don't get the frequent flyer miles while you use your uh, while you're buying the anarchist cookbook. Or maybe yeah, just the will, government doesn't even give a shit. Yeah, I will maybe say not. that that it's the the legality of owning the anarchist cook cookbook is questionable. Hmm. You can sell it. You can own it, but if you get caught, if you're traveling into or out of the United States and they search your bags okay, and they find it in there, they will take it away from you. And, and if you, go ahead. It's, it's happened several times and every court has up, upheld the, uh, the seizure of the book. Hmm. Now, also, I would say if you go and blow up a building or do a mass shooting, and then they come and find it in your house. They're going to expose you on the news as, and we found a copy of the anarchist cookbook at his house. Right, guilty. guilty. So there will be extra egg on your face. Mm-hmm. So there is that. Yeah, the Columbine shooters had it. Timothy McVeigh had it. You know, everybody who, everybody who's anybody in the terrorist world had that that book at their house. I mean, it's it's a now, who's Kevin who only of- knows this. Right, because the government's going to expose you. Right, right, exactly. And you can buy this on Amazon right now. <gasps> it come, it comes with a uh, with a fedora for all the neckbeards yeah. out there in their mom's basement trying to build explosives. That's fucked up, Kevin. That was mean and hurtful. You know, fedora wearers everywhere are cringing right now when you say that. I know it. I know it. Now. So who, are, let's see, who are some of the 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 better, uh, more known anarchists out there? There's a couple of them right now. Machine Gun Kelly, the rapper. I have no idea who that oh. is, but apparently he's famous. And um, he likes the anarchist cookbook. Right, right. Leo Tolstoy was a self-described nonviolent spiritual anarchist. I don't even mm-hmm. know what that means. Uh, obviously, there's Noam Chomsky, um, Bjork your favorite Icelandic uh, singer. Yeah, but if uh, you're Icelandic, you have to be a little off right from the get-go, I imagine. Right, right. Uh, Alan Moore was the uh, was an anarchist. He wrote uh, The Watchmen. He, was, he wrote the comic books, The Watchmen, and V for Vendetta. So that's mm. interesting. And, I did uh, enjoy V for Vendetta. Who didn't? Who didn't? That was a great movie. But um, yeah. So I mean, it's it's definitely worth a read, worth having in your house. Uh, but if you don't have like a, a lab with all the proper lab equipment, I would not try and make any explosives or LSD at home. Good you advice know. is really don't make explosives at all if you like keeping your fingers. That's my advice to you. But right, um, right. you know my uh, my um. I was taking a college class, industrial, uh, industrial safety, I think. And for some reason, the college professors like, you know, if you're making a bomb, you should just, um, you know, the, the people who bombed the federal building, Timothy McVeigh or whatever in Oklahoma city, you know, he made it a lot more powerful by opening oxygen canisters and letting it fill up in the room. And that extra oxygen gave it a little extra, Kaboom. Gave it a little boost. Um, 
And I'm like, you know, you really, I don't think in community college you're supposed to be dropping this kind of knowledge on our uh, young skulls full of mush, right? But, yeah. you know, well, hey, teach his own, right? Yeah, the terrifying thing about that sort of stuff is that it really is easy to make um, biological weapons, chemical weapons, explosives. It's really easy to do that at home. I, I will, I'm going to throw out a secret right now about explosives. Gasoline blows up. Ooh. And that's Ooh. a little, little tidbit. That's as far as I'm willing to go for you. Now mm-hmm. you're like, well, it doesn't really... And you're like, well, what about gas and vapor? Huh? Yeah. There you go. All there right. you and go. Moving right along. I don't now, want to give out. I've already said too much. You've said too much. Now, said, if you if you don't think Chuck has said too much, you can look up Granddad's Wonderful Book of Chemistry, written by who? Kurt Saxon. Kurt knows that a little a, bit about chemistry. Yeah, it is a crash course in basic chemistry and how to how to apply basic chemistry. Uh, to be persuasive in the public field. Now, about that? maybe you're like, wait, I, I don't want to be on some watch list and, and go to this whatever granddad's book of chemistry. Instead, I'm going to join the U.S. military and they're going to write some all kinds of training manuals on how to make explosives that you can download for free or buy at any gun show with cash. The U.S. military is printing this stuff. I don't understand why it's so controversial. Right. It really is not hard to find. Um, I would I would expect that if you were going to make explosives, you want to practice first, and that's where you lose the fingers. So, I mean. Two-part salutes. Maybe that's how the FBI, like, finds all the bomb makers. Maybe they're like, yeah, who out there has nine fingers or less? Right. There you go. Because that's usually how it ends up. I like my fingers. You, mm-hmm. It's hard to pull the trigger when you don't have a finger there. Yeah, and if you do the math worldwide, the average number of fingers is less than 10. Really? That's so there's right. a lot there of bombers go. out there. <laughs> that's now, the only uh, thing I can conclude from that. Yeah. Now, Kurt Saxon wrote a whole bunch of other books. Uh, the Poor Man's James Bond. That was a, uh, an interesting book. Are you familiar with that one? I, ha- I am familiar with that one. Now, that's a lot more uh, off-grid survivalism type stuff uh, involved in those books, but they're definitely interesting and uh, fascinating, uh, you know, road to go down, checking those out. All right. Now, have you ever heard of Ragnar's Action Encyclopedia? Ooh, that is a masterpiece that everybody should own. Now, that actually came out in two volumes. Um, Ragnar's Action Encyclopedia of Practical Knowledge and Proven Techniques was volume one. And then I'd have to walk back over to the bookshelf to tell you what number two is. Now, Ragnar Benson is a made-up name. This guy doesn't want to be known. And you'll find most shady books in the uh, anarchy field come from Paladin Press. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they have some kind of deal and that's in uh, Boulder, Colorado. I think they have some kind of deal with, you know, their authors where they protect their identity. Now that one has, because it's such a encyclopedia of knowledge, they cover, uh, silencers, 
assault shotguns, uh, bulletproof vests, night vision, um, all kinds of weapons, lie detectors, drunk driving charges, caching, uh, lock picking, taps and bugs, hostage negotiation, man trapping, um, the future infantry weapons. Although when you say future weapons, but the book was written in 1995, I feel like it may have already happened. Um, I think the second one actually tells you how to take down helicopters. So there's a lot of options out there for you. Um, another one of my favorites is Absolute Anarchy by Johnny Jacks. Now, this one I haven't actually read through because, I mean, I, I've perused it and read different chapters on different topics when I'm doing show ideas. But people swear by it that it's the greatest book I didn't really feel that it was gold and it was about 40 bucks. I think it's like 1995 list, but they only made 10 copies and I bought one of them. So it was 40 bucks. <laughs> right. Now, right. now, now it's probably $41 cause I bought one of them, you know? And yeah. uh, so there's lots of stuff out there if you're interested in knowledge, but like, why do people seek out this knowledge? Why should it be out there or why shouldn't it be out there? What's your take on that? Well, you know, I long have been a supporter of anarchy, libertarianism, and all that sort of nonsense. I think that everybody should know how to do everything, and I think that we should all, all be, you know, reading up on this and, and setting up bombs and having shootouts on our way to work. I'm that I fully support right. anarchy. I'm all about yeah. it, man. That, I mean, that's there's nothing fun about this country if, isn't, if it isn't anarchist. I got to say, I'm all about knowledge. Mm -hmm. And... Just knowing things, but how many times in history has the world turned bad for people? You know, oh, yeah, quite a few. It turns out that you can't always trust your government, and a lot of people who in history thought they could trust their government, or what happens in Red Dawn happens, and you wake up and look out your window, and there's a bunch of Cuban guys parachuting out in the lawn of your high school, you know. Um, right. Having a little practical knowledge, being self-reliant, understanding how the world works, you know, you shouldn't just be a straight, you know, cog in the wheel, a sheeple, if you will. Um, you should actually try and better yourself. Um, that's generally the way to go on life, but, you know, it's up to you. You make your own decisions. Yeah, I think that, uh, I think that, being competent and capable of, of handling yourself in different situations is pretty damn important. And whether it's a uh, fight, it, getting into a fist fight over some toilet paper, you know, you want to be the one that wins the fist fight, right? Yes. You, that toilet paper belongs to you. You were there yeah. first. You deserve it. Same with that parking, parking space. Yeah. If some asshole with a BMW tries to steal your spot, you got to fight it out, man. Now, just cause somebody gets the last roll of toilet paper, does that mean you go put a car bomb in their car? No, that's not oh, what no. we're saying. I was going to say yes. All right. Oh, uh, see, I was good. I was here for you. You know, yep. somebody's got to keep it on track. That's um, right. You got to be careful, you know. Uh, so, no, man, you got to realize. I mean, one, there's a lot of innocent people out there. And, and that's that's why bombs are so repulsive to people is because innocent people end up it's hard to control and focus 
who you're going to hurt, you know? Even if you're like, oh, well, that's the bad guy and that's his car. I'm just going to blow it up. And then he goes and picks up his daughter from school. And then you're right. the tool. Um, and you're the asshole that blew the little kid up. Bombs are such a non-precise, you know, method of violence that, you know, yeah, you can do a lot of damage, but it's just too reckless and too irresponsible. Um, but, you know, there are, uh, there's a lot to be said to understanding how the world works and to know the tools and what people have done. One, to prepare for what's going on around you, but also you never know what situation you're going to be in. You know, nobody was like, oh, MacGyver's a bad guy because he knows what chemicals and stuff are going to blow things up. You know, I know they just rehashed this uh, MacGyver show. I don't know how watered down or, you know, censored it is compared to the original one. And the original one, they didn't really show you bad things, but he was definitely the guy who had no problem blowing up things and doing whatever because he was a man of practical knowledge, if you will. There you go. That's what the anarchist cookbook really is, is more practical knowledge. You know, there are more tools in your arsenal, things you can understand the world and just learn to, you know, be able to deal with whatever life may throw at you. What do you got? Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Pretty good wrap up. Now, um, how are things going in uh, in uh, quarantine land? In quarantine land. So yeah. now my state uh, just is actually uh, going into quarantine today. So. But since this podcast, you're going to be hearing it a week or week and a half after I say that, it'll still be kind of tough to figure out which state I'm in. But mm-hmm. some of you have guessed it, and some of you I told, like one, maybe two, maybe three. Maybe two. If I, say it, if I say it's one, then you all think, oh, well, it's me. Then right. there you go. So that's yeah. how that works. Now um, I'm in uh, New York, and... Uh... They're, they're work, the federal government's working on shutting down New York City to keep it out of the rest of the state, which I fully support. I mean, I think that should be the case. You supported that 10 years ago, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, Andrew Cuomo is kind of a, a corrupt dickhead that runs New York State. Yeah, that sounds and, right. Uh, he said there's no way in hell that they're going to shut, they're going to quarantine New York City. Okay. So everybody's talking about him, how he should be the next president, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, he's a piece of trash and, uh, you know, don't support anything that he does because he's he's garbage and uh, he's bought and paid for. Hmm. Now, I got to say, this seems pretty freaking contagious. I am seeing it spreading rather rapidly. And once it shows up in any kind of volume in an area, it seems to spread rather quickly. Um, You know, once you get 50 people. It seems to really every week, you know, those numbers grow exponentially. And talking to people in countries who are a little bit ahead of us or in states that are ahead of the state that I'm in, it doesn't sound like anything you really want any part of this coronavirus. It's pretty freaking right. horrible. Um, so um, I would say maybe take caution. I'm not saying don't go anywhere. I'm not saying don't go buy food or whatever if you're allowed where you live and it's not that bad. But I do get in my car and put hand sanitizer on my hands. You know, I I do 
give a little space between me and people. I do actually where I am, it's starting to get more, you know, more contagious, that kind of stuff. Um, more frequent, if you will. And so, you know, I'll come home and most of the stuff that I'm not using right away, I'll just leave it sitting in the car or leave it on the porch until I need to go get it, you know, the next day or whatever. You know, there's no reason I need to be bringing this badness into my house and into my life and into my family. I mean, the bottom line, I'm reasonably young and reasonably healthy that it's not going to probably take me out. But the idea is, I need to keep going to work and getting a paycheck. You know, if I have to take 14 days off or something, especially because they don't want me to go bring it to everybody else, that's kind of a problem. You know, I, I like getting my paychecks. You know, they kind of make a difference in my life. So with that in mind, I would uh, kind of be a little uh, a little careful is all I can advise you. See, that's strange because I've been coughing on door doorknobs and licking Everywhere toilet you seats. Go? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't realize I wasn't supposed to be doing that. No, see, that's the thing. Um, I I think I actually heard you say, if I'm going down, I'm bringing this motherfucking world with me. But, you know, hey. Hey, listen, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, I saw, I did see somebody that uh, was licking a toilet seat did, did, in fact, get the coronavirus. That's that's the, the COVID-19 <laughs> Really? Challenge. That is it, no-go? Right, right. Yeah. Stay away from licking <laughs> toilet seats. I would recommend that just as general practice. Okay. All right. Now, uh, I don't know if you guys saw in the Prepping Badass group, but uh, Darren Taylor from Mayhem Country Living. Murray's Mayhem uh, Country Living. All right. He uh, made some kind of recommendation that you guys may want to, uh, that we should be creating a patch. Does that sound right? Yeah, we're working on a patch right now. Actually, I... uh was just talking to uh, somebody that works at one of the local uh, custom patch making companies. All right. So we're in the works. We're, we're in, in the, the works. works. There is going to be toilet paper involved in this patch. Yeah. Now, I don't know how long from start to finish to getting these patches in my hand from, from getting the The virus started. may be over by then, especially. And the cool thing is the patches will come direct from China. So there will be a little virus in every one. Right. Made with love and coronavirus. And coronavirus. So there's a little something for everybody in there. So we're, we're working on that. And, now, I'm working uh, on getting uh, getting them American made, but but uh, oh, we'll see what companies a, are still open and what companies option. aren't. Okay. I didn't realize that was an option. Yeah, we'll right. see what Maybe we can do. Maybe we're going to get the American made. So you can get American coronavirus as opposed to the Chinese coronavirus. Right. It's going right. to be... Uh, Coronavirus flu versus the Kung flu, whichever one, both infective, uh, infectious. And um, I did talk to uh, Mayhem Country Living there, and he also suggested that he would like to work together with us to get one of those prepping badass knives out to the public. Oh, really? What ideas did he have? I was thinking, he was saying a giveaway for one. Okay. Um, and I was thinking it might be a Bowie knife. So pretty nice. impressive. So I think you guys might want to check out the Prepping Badass Facebook group and see if you can't figure out how to enter to win that knife. That's yeah, what I, I think can think there's going to be a, a Facebook promotion of some sort. 
Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're still working out the details, but by the time you hear this episode, I should have some kind of exciting news in the Facebook group already ready to go. So now how do we get to that Facebook group, Chuck? Hell if I know, man, just go to Facebook, search groups and prepping badass. Prepping badass. All right. Now, if you have any ideas on how, whatever, or if you need more details on this knife giveaway, email us at preppingbadass at gmail.com. And maybe you guys want to leave a review wherever you downloaded this podcast and tell us about how you want to win that knife or how awesome we are or something. I don't know. That may be related. Maybe you need to subscribe to Mayhem Country Living on YouTube. I don't know. I just know something big is coming down and you will be able to find all these details in the Facebook group. So with that, stay safe and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm.